0: Hello again. <laughs> Welcome back. So we're going to do this again uh, with tears in my eyes and screaming. So I'm going to pray first again. Absolutely. <laughs> dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you for this time, um, for a third time, dear Lord. Third time's the charm, right? Third time's perfection. So, dear Lord, I'm just handing you this over to you again um, and that we bind the enemy from coming into this because we know that um, Aaron's story matters. Aaron's story has a testimony in it. And Aaron's life has a testimony that you want her to share with the world and the people that's listen. So dear Lord, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to rebuke and bind up any of the technology issues, this, the, the attacking this at any time. Dear Lord, that this comes through and not only that it comes through, that we work it together, that it actually. We get to actually share it with others, dear Lord, in the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, I just ask it again that this time is your time. The spirit talks, the spirit leads between both of us and that you get all the glory for all of this in Jesus precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. So. Here we are with my sister again, and I'm going to repeat it because apparently nobody's heard it. So I had the definitions for sacrifice and love, and the definitions for sacrifice are the act of giving up or giving away for someone else. That's the Urban Dictionary's definition. The biblical definition is giving to the Lord whatever he requires of our time, earthly possessions to further his work. That's the definitions for sacrifice. Love is straightforward, forward and it is intense feelings deep affection and hold dear and cherish Those are the top. This is the topic we're going to talk about today, which is love and sacrifice Now I as I mentioned we have Erin here um, My sister and I want her to just go ahead and introduce herself, Give a little bit of background of where where she's at what she's doing all that kind of stuff. So Aaron, take it away
1: <laughs> So I'm Erin. I'm Crystal's little sister um And I just want to say like, y'all don't know how many times we've tried to record this message because this is the first time you're hearing it, but this is the third time that we are beginning this and it's been frustrating um, and a little disheartening, but I just, I take that as I clearly see it as the enemy is trying to stop whatever it is that God wants to say to his people through us today. And it's not just my story that matters. It's God's story in my life that matters. And I believe with all my heart that there is only one reason why the enemy would fight so hard. And it's because this word is so, so needed. And so, um, in between the last time we recorded this and, and just a few minutes ago, and then today, um, I just, I stopped and prayed just like Crystal did to rebuke the enemy. And um, I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited. Like the first recording, we were like, yes, this is gold. This is wonderful. And then it disappeared. Um, And the last time it got cut off. But this time, like you said, the number three, number of perfection. um, This is God's time. And we are dedicating it to him to speak to his people through us, whatever it is that they need to hear. So I am believing for that. And I just want to encourage my sister because I know that she is frustrated by the enemy, but we get the victory. God always wins. And so we're kicking the devil in the teeth and we're going to keep going. We're not backing down and this is going to go great. So I, again, I'm Aaron. Um, I am a wife and mother of three boys. I live in North Carolina. And right now, I am not working. I In the past I have been uh, several titles or had several titles, but right now, God has me in a season of waiting and resting. and it seems like a wilderness. Um, but I am expectant of what of my promised land, of what is to come. So yeah,
0: (laughs) introduction. Thank you, Erin. So with that sacrifice and love we're talking about here, what um, does sacrifice and love mean to you? How would you explain it in your words, the Holy Spirit speaking through you, what you've lived through everything else? What does that mean to you?
1: So sacrifice definitely is something that I feel I have, I have walked out in my life, um, many times and I know we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit, but, um, you know, giving something up for someone that means something to you, um, is a sacrifice to me and it's not just, oh yeah, I don't really care about that. Like you can have that, you can't call that sacrifice. (laughs) Like it, it has to cost you something to mm-hmm. give it up. That's what sacrifice is. Um, and then love is, you know, in the definition it said, uh, I forget what it, the exact words, but it was like deep feeling or something like that. And, and mm-hmm. over time, I've learned that it's so much more than just a feeling for someone. Mm-hmm. It's something that you choose to love someone, even when you don't like them. And it's a choice that you wake up every day and make that choice and if if any of you are married you probably understand this even more um mm-hmm. than a lot of people but um yes it's a choice to mm-hmm. to love people regardless of how you whether you like them or not or if they've made you mad or or different things like that like love is an action that you show mm-hmm. someone it is a, in itself i kind of feel like a sacrifice it is you're mm-hmm. setting aside yourself and maybe your own feelings and saying, I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to show you love, even if I don't feel it. So mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. what I would say.
0: Well, and, and you just mentioned that. And we're talking about sacrifice and love. And I think that, um, you know, we talked about this, God. God gave the ultimate sacrifice by dying on the cross, having Jesus die on the cross for our sins. But also, as I've been reading in scriptures and stuff and throughout the Bible, it talks about God's love. Um, And sometimes you don't pick it up, but we're talking like the Israelites. Um, He he he. They went for 40 years, but he provided for them. He loved them regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, all throughout the Bible, there is imperfect people that he surrounded himself with, but he showed his love and he, um, his grace and his unconditional. I think that between sacrifice, God giving us Jesus to sacrifice um, for our sins and then showing us that love. And they both intertwine. I mean, you have sacrifice and love. It's a sacrifice to love. And God. And Jesus, and it's three in one, Holy Spirit, Spirit, God, love, Jesus. They all love so deeply for us and want the best for us, even though we don't always love the people that we're surrounded by. But that uh, thought of the people that we're surrounded by, you're talking about marriage and your spouse and your kids and stuff. Sometimes we don't feel like we love them because it isn't a feeling. It's a choice. And God chose us. And right. loves us, so I think it's it's great that you you just we just reiterate that um, God's ultimate sacrifice was having Jesus die on the cross, and His He loves us that much, and I think we don't fully grasp that for ourselves um, that we are that loved. Um, so it's something that I, I it's just been sticking out lately. With that, when is a time you have sacrificed to be obedient to what God has asked you to do? We, Love is a sacrifice, but there's more than just that. And like I said, in the Urban Dictionary, it's it it literally says, "Giving to the Lord whatever He requires of us, earthly possessions, anything to further His work." But it's also an act of giving up or giving away someone for someone else. So, when is a time that sacrifice? You sacrificed to be obedient.
1: Um. So probably the most recent and profound time that I can think of is um for those of you who don't know I was a hairstylist it was my lifelong dream to become a hairstylist and um god did allow me to realize that dream and I was a I did hair for about 5 years um and I even got to the point where I had my own little salon suite for 2 years and about a year and a half in so this was about probably November of last year. So one year ago, um, I was headed into work one night and God just really heavily impressed in my spirit that I was not going to be there much longer. And in that moment, I didn't know what that meant. Um, there had been talk of possibly shutting down salons again for COVID, at least through the holiday season, because, The COVID was running rampant again. And um, so I wondered if that was going to be it. I wondered if I was going to be moving to a different location or um, I I didn't even really think to myself that I wouldn't be doing hair anymore. Um, But I just, I just kind of sat with that. It it took me, caught me off guard. And um, over the next few months, God continued to tell me that he wanted me to give up my salon. Mm-hmm. And at first, when, when I got that really strong confirmation, I was listening to a sermon from uh, Michael Todd in his Crazier Faith um, series, and he was speaking about Elisha and Elijah. Mm-hmm. So Elisha was in the field plowing, just doing his thing, just working. And Elijah, who was this amazing prophet, came up to him and just kind of puts his coat on him and and basically wants to wants Elisha to follow him. And Elisha's response was to break his plow and mm-hmm. sacrifice the cattle that he had, that he was in charge of and follow Elijah in whatever God wanted them to do. And mm-hmm. I remember the imagery as he spoke, as Mike Todd spoke of him kind of crying and like pretending to break this plow. And he's like, you know, maybe he was sitting there thinking, God, I thought this is what you wanted me to do. I thought, Mm -hmm. I thought this is that I was doing the right thing. And, and you just have so many questions and that's exactly how I felt in that moment because Mm -hmm especially being in my own salon suite, I had the freedom to have discussions with people. And I used that as my, it was my pulpit. It was my platform to pour into people and encourage them and share my testimony with them. And there was no worry about whether or not the owners of the salon were going to get upset at me for speaking out about my faith or anything like that. And, and I felt like I was doing a good thing. I was doing what God wanted
0: me mm-hmm. to do,
1: um, with that space. And so for him to tell me to give it up, didn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. and I felt crazy. And mm-hmm. realistically, like I remember telling people like my brother and my husband and probably even you, like, I feel like I've lost my mind.
0: Mm-hmm. What,
1: like what sane person would have this successful business there. They finally realized their dream. And then God says, give it up with really no explanation of why or what he was going to do next or anything. And like who in their right mind would do that. And I felt crazy. And, um, I just, I had to kind of sit with that and, and realize that sometimes God asks us to sacrifice things that, and without giving us an explanation, without, having it make sense in the moment and it requires faith. It does require sacrifice to
0: mm-hmm. be
1: willing to give that up. And over time he did clarify for me some things. Um, and I just realized that him asking me anytime God asks you to give something up, it's because he has something better in store. Mm-hmm. Um, and, So I know that about God because he's proven that to me in my personal life before. Um, But it's hard when you don't see it. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard to just keep walking, feeling like you're walking in blindly. And you Mm -hmm. just keep taking that step, that next step that he shows you. And you Mm -hmm. just go with it. And you don't know where you're going. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But so that is... That is the most recent sacrifice that I have made. Um, it took a while, too. It was, it was kind of a long process of, of letting that go because my lease wasn't up until June. And um, it was really hard because when I'm the type of person, when God tells me to do something, I just go gung-ho. I'm like, let's get it done. Like, mm-hmm. if God wants me to give it up, I'll give it away today he's going to provide the money for the, the rent (laughs) that I'm going to have to pay up until that point. Like I, I don't care. I, I will obey to whatever extent, um, that he tells me right then and there. And God is so patient and he's not in a hurry. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I had to walk that out and I had to continue to see clients, even though I knew I was leaving and I wasn't going to tell them yet. Um, and just kind of as life, but over those few months, um, I, I started asking God, like, okay, God, I feel like I've, I've let go of the salon in my heart. I, I took that time to realize that this is really what I was going to do, that yes. it was a sad thing. I began mm-hmm. kind of the mourning process of letting go of that dream while I was still in it. And that's something that I, I've done in the past in my life. I I did that when our mom died, I knew that she was going to die and I had my breakdown and my grieving process before she ever even left. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's not, not something new for me, but um, so I did that. And then I start to look at, okay, what else do you want from me? Where, where am I going now? Mm
0: -hmm. So... Yeah, that's kind of
1: <laughs> where that is.
0: Well, yeah, and you know, we we talked about, and we were talking a little bit about in the last one that I did not get recorded. We were talking about sacrifice. I mean, it. We, we want to always bring it back to. We all have sacrifices. We all have things that. God asks them to give up. And it, it comes back to scriptures where in the Bible, it talks, the one that comes out always is Abraham, where God asks Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it's funny because we were talking, we were listening, we were going to talk about all this stuff. And this week um, I had a message by a woman and it was, it was funny because I always wondered in, in the, in the Bible, it talks about sacrifice your one son well we know abraham had two sons hmm. ishmael and isaac hmm. well let's see ishmael did not come from sarah he came from the servant right? right so god ordained it that his son would be the son of many nations so the fact is is that god asked him to sacrifice his one and only son he was obedient he took him up to the heel his son asked where's the land? where and you know abraham just trusted god so much that he said god will provide so he trusted him, even to the point where he had his son on the altar and had his knife ready and god provided something else to sacrifice right right so it's just it comes back to circle it it's painful like any sacrifice is going to be painful, but it's worth it if God asks us to do it because that's our obedience. He's, he's, he wants to see if we're going to be faithful with what he's telling us to do and be good stewards of what he's given us. And yes, he blessed you so much with, with being able to minister to women in the chair and tell your testimony a little bit more. And, you know, I, I just want to bring it back because you didn't mention this and you did in the last time even in those testimony times, God was speaking to you and you had a woman even talk to you and tell you what she saw in that moment. So turn back a little bit.
1: So, um, while I was kind of in that process of trying to figure out what God wanted for me after this, um, I had, when I finally started telling my clients what, that I was going to be closing and stuff that was always their first question well what's next what are you going into and um I think as a culture we expect people to always be doing something productive and I know that um one of the girls that she's been my client for years but um didn't know me kind of on that spiritual level, um, like someone very close to me would. Um, but she was asking me, you know, what, what's next. And, you know, I kind of just told her, I was like, you know, I don't really know. Um, I, I believe that God has a plan, but all I know is that for right now I'm supposed to give this up first. And, um, she just kind of out of the blue was like, I don't know why I'm saying this, but, um, I just had this vision kind of in my mind just now of you on a stage. Mm -hmm. She's like, do you, do you play an instrument or do you sing or anything like that? And I said, well, I don't play an instrument. Um, I I did sing in church when I was younger, uh, but I haven't for a long time. And um, yeah, she's like, well, I have this image of you up on a stage. And she's like, and it's all, It's just you because you have your very unique sense of style and your personality and things like that. And I see you on stage and you're sharing your testimony and you're sharing your story and singing and all these things. And I just see that for you. And that, I I got goosebumps when she told me because that was a confirmation for me. She didn't know this, but years and years before when I was in the middle of, being separated from my husband, I went to a women's conference with some ladies and I saw there was a lady up there speaking at just a really small little women's retreat. And God just kind of planted a little seed in my heart of that's going to be you one day. And in that moment, I didn't think I was in the middle of a mess. I was like, how in the world am I going to share anything good? Like my life is a wreck right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just kind of accepted that. And I was like, okay, whatever you say. And then over time, as, as the years passed, he would continue to just put that little nugget in my mind of that's going to be you. All I've ever seen in my mind is my feet on a stage. That's all mm-hmm. I know. Um, visually, that's all God has ever shown me. And as far as that vision goes. But um, so for her to confirm that, that that is what God had for me next or in the future, I should say, um, it was confirmation. And then Mm -hmm. I also had, um, I had posted the official announcement online for all of everybody to see that I was going to be closing. And I had an aunt that, um, she, I, I haven't spoken to her in a really long time. Like I love her to death, but we just, we're, weren't we do not keep in touch. And she commented and said something like, I knew this was coming. So excited for you or something similar, something to that effect. And that really struck me. And I was, so I reached out to her and I said, what did God tell you about <laughs> me? <laughs> And so she went into a whole thing and she's like, you know, this is just what I see. Don't take this as like gospel. Sometimes I'm wrong, you know, but she's like, I do see that you were faithful in your ministry behind the chair and that you do have an amazing story and testimony to share with women and that you will speak. She's like, I see you public speaking and I see you writing a book or several books in the future that will help women. And... All of those things were things that I've had many people tell me before, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. And, um, just all these things that all happened within probably the last year just kept reoccurring. People kept confirming, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. And so I thought, okay, this is what I'm, this is where I'm going. God's having me set aside the hair industry so that I can pursue ministry full time and mm-hmm. so that's kind of where I shifted gears and before I even quit um the salon I I had gone to our pastor at the time that um we were a church we were going to and um we we just wanted to serve my husband and I both and I kind of told him where I felt like God had really led me to be there and, and, and do women's ministry and all these things. And, um, at the time we weren't having any sort of women's events in our church. And so, um, that didn't end up working out at the church, but I thought to myself, well, just because it's not happening there doesn't mean that I should not do it at all. Like I still need to be obedient to what God has told me to do Even if it's not there, you know, just because there's a closed door doesn't mean you derail and you throw the plan out the window and you say, well, I guess it's not meant to be. You've got to, you've got to continue. Closed doors are there to direct you to the open one. And so I began doing where I would write a, a devotion or a Bible study each week and I would post it on my Facebook page. And so I did that excuse me, for about six weeks. Um, And then right at the end of those six weeks was when I was finally kind of shutting my salon down. I was also doing VBS for our church. And then shortly after that, we were doing camp for our church. So there was just a lot of busyness there in that time. But so God gave me sort of a direction, but then he also warned me (laughs) that I would be going into a season of rest first. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of still where I am. I do feel like I'm kind of on the verge of maybe God allowing me to not be in this season of rest anymore, that I may be stepping into the new thing very, very soon, even though mm-hmm. I don't know what that is or at what capacity that is. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so that's kind of where I am today. And you know, you talked about Moses um, earlier and. Just, um, I was meeting with a very beloved sister yesterday and kind of just sharing with her my heart and where I'm at right now in this kind of lull (laughs) in life where I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm not doing anything kind Mm -hmm. of productive. And like I said, this culture, we always, we assume that if someone's not working or doing something productive, then they're just lazy and they're worthless um, and I'll I'll get into that in a minute. Kind of what, how I I felt that all throughout my life without even realizing it. But she reminded me about Moses and how he was in the wilderness tending yeah. sheep long mm-hmm. before he ever brought the Israelites into the wilderness. So yeah. God was preparing him. And she said, "I wonder how long Moses was tending sheep." Before he really humbled himself and really was like, okay, God, you know, like he maybe he thought he was wasting time. Maybe he thought, what the heck am I doing on this hillside? Like he was raised in Pharaoh's household, he was royalty. He was raised Mm -hmm. with all of this training and this knowledge and all of these things for him to be out in the field. And to be Mm -hmm. a shepherd at that time was also kind of a low low man on the totem pole kind (laughs) of occupation. Um, Mm -hmm. So he went from a palace to tending sheep, but Mm -hmm. God needed him to do that and to stay faithful in that. So that when he had him bring out the Israelites into the wilderness and out of Egypt, um, he was already prepared and he was already humble. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she reminded me of that and it was just so so nice to to remember that and know that even in this season now where i feel like restless and i feel like i'm not doing anything for god or for anybody that's that's beneficial that mm-hmm. god has a purpose in this in this time mm-hmm. and so that was just a really cool reminder that i got yesterday <laughs>
0: Well, and in that with, with Moses and then even like David, I mean, David and Goliath were talking about them. I mean, he was what fighting off bears and tigers and stuff in the fields, basically same thing. Um, but he, he was already, you know, he was just preparing like Moses, they were just preparing. And we talked about it in the last, when we did the last podcast, like in the rest period, um, we sacrifice. God asks us to sacrifice something, right? So we're in the sacrifice. We we talked about that sacrificing it, giving it to God. But he also calls us into and, and in the Bible you see it. You sacrifice, but then you you he asks you to rest, to be still, to build your character, to build who he wants you to be. Cause we get so, like you said, the culture wants us to strive and do and do and do and do, and, do, and we do all that stuff, and yet it still ends up fruitless. So in the sacrifice and in the rest is when our character gets built and we get strengthened and we get knowledge and we get wisdom and we get our strategy, basically, for the next step, for the next step, whatever that is. And even today, when I was listening and I've talked to you about this, like because I'm in a season of rest and I still feel like I'm not doing anything. And right now, God has asked me to do a prayer and fasting for this whole month. Now, my fasting is about social media, staying off of it completely and whatever else God asked me to do. But in this rest time and even being let go of my job in September, I have no idea what God was calling me to do. I knew that I was fighting so much beforehand and battles and everything else, and I was tired and I was just whatever. But the sacrifice comes and then the rest comes. And then from that, we come to a place where, okay. God tells us, "Okay, we're ready to come out of that rest and go do what he does. Now, it doesn't mean that we won't come back to rest and it won't mean that he won't call us to sacrifice something else because there might be something else that we are holding on to. But in that sacrifice and rest, he's building our character to what he he wants, not what we want and developing us kind of in the dark. Our roots are still growing and underneath, kind of thing. So when you talk about when you talk about, you feel like you're coming out of that a little bit. That is, that's God's. That's your expectancy of when God's ready for that. And you, you've been building and you've been strengthening through the sacrifice and through the rest time. And yeah, we feel like it's nothing. We're doing nothing at all. Like devotions and we're praying and we're fasting and we're, I mean, you in the middle of fighting off demonic spirits in, you know, we're fighting off spiritual battles, like generational things. We're, we're in the middle of this right now. So I don't think that this is for nothing. It's never wasted. Nothing's ever wasted. Although we feel like that sometimes, Hmm. but it also, I feel lately that it's also preparing us even more to the fact of, okay, If this happens again, I know how to deal with this now. I'm not going to go back to the old ways. I'm going to go to the new ways. Right. So it's a pattern of that.
1: Right. And I know, um, again, we talked about this the first time we recorded, but um, thinking back about when, uh, about the wilderness, it kind of has a negative connotation to it. Everyone thinks, oh, you're in the wilderness because the Israelites were in the wilderness way longer than they should have been because of their continued disobedience. But the wilderness... Mm -hmm has a purpose when when jesus had first before he even first started his ministry he went he got baptized and Mm -hmm. it says the holy spirit led him into the wilderness so Mm -hmm. we have to understand that sometimes the wilderness is where God led us because mm-hmm. that is, like you said, it's our training ground. And so immediately when Jesus is there, he's praying, he's fasting, he's spending that time with God in the wilderness, strengthening himself, getting his roots deep, um, mm-hmm. all of these things, Satan comes and tempts him. Yeah. And so um, in, I can't remember if it was July or August now, but when Those months when I had fully stopped everything. I wasn't doing anything with the salon. Um, I had fulfilled all my responsibilities for vacation Bible school and camp and stuff with the church. And Satan was attacking our family more intensely than I have ever experienced in my life. And Mm -hmm. I have experienced spiritual warfare. Throughout my childhood, throughout my whole life, I, I do believe that God has given me this um, discerning of spirits, gifts of recognizing things and things that are in the spiritual realm that you can't see with the, you know the physical eye. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I had demons attacking me in my dreams. They were they were coming at me in my face. They were. Mm-hmm. I had one dream where there was one on my head and I woke up. It was so real. I woke up because I felt it's nails just scratching my neck. And I woke up wondering Mm -hmm. if I was actually going to have scratch marks on my neck because it was so intense and real. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember in one of my dreams, one of them normally since I was a child, my mother taught me to speak the name of Jesus and demons Mm -hmm. will flee. And so that has always been my battle plan and still mm-hmm. to this day um if i wake up um there's this thing i don't know if any one of you heard of it but it's called sleep paralysis where you wake up and you cannot move you are your mm-hmm. body is like paralyzed and they say that it's because there is something demonic on you and i have experienced that my whole life mm-hmm. but sometimes i can at least get my mouth to move and all mm-hmm. i can muster is jesus mm-hmm. and it gets me out of it. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I was doing that in my dreams. Um, when these demons were coming at me and and all these things. And I remember one time, instead of it fleeing, it actually mocked me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that was so just mind boggling to me. Because I know that Jesus is the name of Jesus is powerful and that demons will flee at at his power. But for one to mock me (laughs) was very intense and I, it made me question a lot of things. And I was like, how could he do that? He, he ended up leaving still, but I had to fight him harder and, um, I remember um, I was reading through the book Fervent by Priscilla Shirer, and she talks a lot about spiritual warfare and how to um, basically identify the tactics of of the enemy so that you can defend yourself and prayer being one of the biggest defenses Mm -hmm. that we have um, that God gives us because yes, he gives us the full armor of God, but there's also prayer that yep. we kind of skim over that in, in the passage where it talks about the shield of faith, the gospel of peace, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, all these things. And then mm-hmm. it says with prayer, put, yeah. on, put on the full armor and pray. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so um, that was really powerful. But in one day I was sitting there reading this book and this image just came into my mind and I saw our home that I was mm-hmm. sitting in. And I saw a demon pacing on the roof, like the ridge of our roof, just pacing. Mm -hmm. And so I knew, even though it was a vision in my mind, it wasn't my imagination.
0: This is Mm -hmm. not something
1: that I imagined happening. It was really happening in the spiritual realm. I couldn't physically see him. I was sitting inside the house. But Mm -hmm. I knew he was there. And I knew that God was showing me that. And Mm -hmm. so I immediately prayed And, but I felt like he was still there. And I told my brother what all the things my, my son even was experiencing. My youngest was experiencing nightmares. My middle son had come to me one night and told me that he um, heard someone saying his name and he was scared. And mama bear came out (laughs) that night and I got pissed because like I said, I've dealt with it my whole life, but when you come after my kids, you got another thing coming And so I took my son in the other room and I rebuked the enemy and the spirit of fear and all these things over him. And I prayed with him. And when we were done, he just looked up at me and smiled and he said, it's gone. Mm -hmm. I don't hear it anymore. And I said, good. And in doing that, I'm teaching him how to battle. Yep. And we, my brother came down that weekend and his wife and him and all of us, we, walked around our property we walked through each room in our home and we prayed over it and we rebuked the enemy and specifically called out certain things because i know that in certain rooms there's been like my my boys have experienced nightmares or anxiety or different things like that and we specifically rebuked those things in Mm -hmm. those rooms and in our in in mine and my husband's room. We rebuked any spirit that would try and, and disunify us or, or anything Mm. like that. And it was such a powerful time. And, um, we put this border around like this perimeter around our entire property. And so I still, to this day, I think of it as a physical, like a real barrier. I think of it as this kind of, um, I don't even know what you would call it. Like this dome (laughs) around our property where things that are evil cannot come through like Mm -hmm. if someone was to come onto our property and had an evil spirit in them that spirit would have to stay outside on the street it could not come on my property um Mm -hmm. and i believe that wholeheartedly but that's the thing like satan god God, holy spirit will bring you into a time where he's trying to build you and strengthen you and stuff and the enemy is going to try and stop that from happening He's going to try and distract you. He's going to try mm-hmm. and and do anything he can to keep you from continuing because he doesn't want you to get to your goal. He was successful with the Israelites for 40 years in distracting them from the things that they were supposed to be doing in the wilderness. He distracted them with idols and food and they were whining about manna literally falling from heaven from from quail, from all these things that God was providing. God was providing everything they needed and they were whining because they would rather be in captivity eating fish than yeah. eating bread from heaven that yeah. they never eaten before. Like mm. <laughs> so, so Satan can always kind of, he's always going to try and create discontentment where we are. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think especially in the wilderness, he's going Mm -hmm. to try and be like, well, you know, you're here because you didn't do this right. Or Mm -hmm. you're here because of this or because of that. And he tries to blame you and and all these things. But God has a plan for Mm -hmm. getting you. Yes, he planned to take you into the wilderness and he has a plan to get you out. Yeah. He doesn't bring you there to leave you there and say, good luck. Hope mm-hmm. you find your way out. He has yeah. a plan to get you out. And like I said, mm-hmm. this season for me, I know was a season of rest. It's been a lot longer than that one month that he told me to fast from social media and and do all that. Like the rest mm-hmm. season has been a lot longer. It's been several months. And yeah. there's been times where, you know, people will still ask me like, oh, what are you doing now? You're not doing hair anymore. And I kind of, I'm at a loss. But yeah. all I can say is, whatever the lord tells me to do on any given day is what i do. Yeah. so um and and that's not lost on me that's not saying i'm not doing anything i'm not being productive.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: i did want to kind of talk about that again with um with love because i know in our home um our parents loved us very much but they didn't always um pour it out the way that we receive it. Um, I don't think they knew about like love languages and things like that until we were adults. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so our, our dad's way of, of loving us was to provide for us. Um, and it was just kind of a thing where you just knew that they loved yeah. you. It wasn't yeah. something that they said very often. There wasn't a lot of l- hugs and kisses and, mm-hmm. and all these yeah. things happening, but mm-hmm. as a child, I would do things, um, I would sing in church or I would make stuff for VBS or, or do something using my gifts. I'm a creative person. Um, and I would get praise from people in the church, from my mom and dad for doing those things. And I, in my mind at that time, I equated the, that attention or that praise with love. Yeah. And so I always, I didn't realize it at the time but I would strive. I would try to prove that I was of value mm-hmm. and that I was worthy of love by mm-hmm. doing things. And mm-hmm. even into adulthood, knowing now, like I would get into a new work environment and I was always looking for the thing that I could do to show everybody. Cause they didn't know me yet. I'm mm-hmm. like, I got to show these people what I got. I got to show them that I'm valuable in this mm-hmm. position And I think we all do that to a certain extent, but, um, I think in this season, I, I have struggled with wondering why God took away my, he didn't take it. He asked it of me and I gave it, but, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) why, why would he take that from me when I was doing good things with it? And I think one of the biggest things that he needed me to see was that even though I'm not sitting there, I'm not on a platform like he's given Mm -hmm. me vision for. I'm not in the chair Mm -hmm. preaching to people behind the chair. I'm not doing any of these things. Um, I still have value. I'm still worth loving because our worth comes from him. It's not anything that we can do or Mm -hmm. anything that we can say or prove. We don't have to prove ourselves to him. He loves us because of who we are. Yes, And that has just been such a profound thing that God taught me. And I I was listening one day to a message from, oh, what's his name? Craig Rochelle. And uh, he was talking about when little kids and babies, they have their little blankie or their teddy bear or their whatever it is, their little snuggle toy. And how those things, they get carried everywhere with them and they get ratty and dirty and stinky and they might be missing an eye or whatever. Um, but that child loves it regardless, even though it's not worth a million dollars to anyone yeah. else, it, the value that it has is placed on it yeah. from, from the person loving it. And so we have value because God loves us. God doesn't love us because we're valuable. God doesn't need us to, <laughs> to, to do anything for him. That is a privilege that we get to do things for him, but it's, it's he doesn't think any more or less of people because of they're able to do this or able to do that. And so that has really been kind of a reoccurring theme for me in this season of rest is knowing that even though I'm not producing Mm-hmm. a whole lot of anything that i feel is worthy or valuable mm-hmm. god loves me because i am his yeah and so i feel like that is something like i said it's very common for people in a, especially in a new work environment or or anywhere they they want to prove their worth
0: mm-hmm. and
1: prove their value and be like i i have earned my place here yeah and you don't have to earn your place in the kingdom yeah You are there because God said you are there and it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if you are a drug addict fresh off the street and you just gave your life to Jesus and you haven't showered in months and you haven't had a haircut and it doesn't matter. You are still welcome in the kingdom, just like the person in in the five piece suit. It doesn't matter what you look like. You are loved just the same, just as fully as they are and you are worthy of being there and that's something that's very just near and dear to to both of our hearts i think is Mm -hmm. um growing up um so you were already kind of out of the house before dad became a pastor Mm -hmm. um but i mean even before that we were always in church and Mm -hmm. seeing so much i mean if if you're in the church at all Um, Mm -hmm. at least in the churches that we grew up in, there's hypocrisy. Christians are hypocrites. I will tell you Mm -hmm. that now because Mm -hmm. we all are, everybody is at some point in their life, a hypocrite, Mm -hmm. but, um, you would see people and you would just feel like, well, if they came into the church, they wouldn't be welcomed there. Mm -hmm. Um, even in the, the church that we're attending now, um, the pastor was speaking to us last week and he said, you know, this guy came to our church and he's got tattoos. He's got tattoos on his face. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And um, he said, you know, he came to our church because he had been to other churches in the area where when he sat down, people left their row because Mm -hmm. they wouldn't sit next to him. Yeah. And that just irritates my soul so much. So I'm a, I'm a PK, but I am covered in tattoos. I have piercings. You've got tattoos. Like none of that makes us any less valuable. It doesn't matter what you look like. And I think we've lost that because we are so consumed with playing church and what it's supposed to look like when we tell people like, yeah, everybody's welcome. A lot of times we don't really mean that we don't, Mm -hmm. we don't mean come as you are. We mean, come as we are. Mm -hmm. And so if someone, if, if, if a prostitute came in off the street with her tiny little skirt and, and her belly hanging out, like people would clutch their pearls. They'd probably cover their husband's eyes. Like, (laughs) like, don't look at her, you know, but she deserves to be there just as much as you. She needs Jesus just as much as you. And Mm -hmm. I just, that irritates my soul so much to see how many people are professing Christians, but still so judgmental of people and the way that they look on the outside. And that's just something, that's just a personal testimony. I don't know why that's coming out right now. That has nothing to do with <laughs> what we were talking about, but I well, just, and, that's,
0: and you know, the thing is you're talking about that we all have gunk inside, so if you brought that gunk on from the inside outside, we wouldn't look any different than the rest of the people that exactly. not look perfect on the outside.
1: <laughs> right. So we'll so, just hide it better.
0: <laughs> hide it very much better. And the thing is, is I wanted to get back to you. Like, so that in itself, that, that what you just said there, the way we were raised, everything else, we've got a lot that, that, was different there. But when we go back to sacrifice and love to the fact of, we talked about this last time that we knew we were loved by what was done. Like mom took care of the house. She took care of us. She made sure that we were well taken care of. Our hair was done. We were, we had good clothes, that old stuff. God provided all that stuff. for right? us. We saw miracles. I mean, situations we were in that where God provided, we right. didn't know where it came from. We didn't know we were, Uh, you know not as well off as we thought we were I mean we we did live in a small house and you know whatever but you talked about that where we just we we weren't told we were loved a lot we weren't hugged we weren't kissed we didn't see our parents doing that right at all (laughs) and yet we're striving to get that love we I mean we did it with with guys, you and I with guys probably, and just trying to get that, do whatever we could. Cause I remember even dating guys and I would buy gifts for them because I thought that was the way to show love. And I thought that I would get the love back, you know, and you you went back to the fact that God loves us no matter what. Mm. And we both have been learning that love as we've been growing up. So it's a different it's a different, we come as, a, as adults and we come at it differently and it is, it's an amazing love. But if somebody came off the street and you're coming into the church and they're not accepting you, that's not God's love. Right. We're we're supposed to be representing God, but that's not God's love. If we're con- we're judging and we're moving out of the pew because of the way they look or whatever, no, no, no. You come into that pew, you come closer to them, and you sit next to them and get to know them. That's God because all throughout the Bible, He didn't sit with the religious people. He sat with the sinners, with the with everybody. Right. Even he, he after them. So that's what our job is, right? right. And so. Just to go on to that, I mean, we, we, we now know what that love is, and a lot of people don't know what that love is, and that's our job. As I'm not going to say Christians, as disciples right. of followers of Jesus, that's what our job is: is to love. Right. Now, in the midst of that, your story of sacrifice and love, <laughs> it's it's all in there. The resting, that that the, the demonic stuff. I mean, we went, we could have went into. Total details of that—that that we weren't raised that way. We didn't know. We know we, we there was three, the Trinity, but we weren't taught about the Holy Spirit, like coming into us and dwelling us and guiding us and directing us and the, the demonic and everything else. We were just told, "Oh, this there." We weren't realizing oh. it, even though, even though you had been living it j- your whole life, childhood and everything else. And God set you apart for that. For there's a there's a plan and a purpose for all that. Right. Now in in. In my life, in the last few years, God's spirit's been speaking to me. And there's a lot of things that have gone on similar to what you've been going through with our family. But we weren't trained that. So we're training now Mm -hmm. so that we can go and not only teach our children, but so that they can go on and teach other people and generations and generations, and that we can help others get out of that. But I don't know. I'm going to go back to sacrifice. I don't know. You, you probably would have been there. You probably would have got there without your sacrifice of letting go of all that. Would God have brought you here at this point in time? It may have been later. It may have been sooner. I don't know. But like the Israelites going 40 years, the sacrifice had to be made first. Right. You have to go through that. So when you at the beginning, you said sacrifice is not pretty. <laughs> it's not right. So you told some of your story of, The not so pretty, but it was hard and holy work and you're not done. You're still living in it and you're still working through it, but it sacrifices hard and holy. Do you think that if you say growing up with dad at the church and everything else, if you would have said, um, I'm going to sacrifice this, would you honestly think that you would have been where you are now? No. Honestly, you wouldn't, if you would have sacrificed, then you would have not learned. You've not grown. You wouldn't have done any of that because you weren't ready yet. Right. So now is the time and he's preparing you for whatever that is. And, you know, we go back to you had confirmation of what God's called you to do. Um, you're just in that rest and that, that waiting season and kind of digging deep into the roots and, and figuring out who you are and whose you are and how you love, how you're loved and your calling and your purpose. And yet you're still sitting there after the sacrifice and feeling his love. You're still sitting there and you're still working. You're still growing and you're still fighting battles, demons, all this stuff. But I think, like you said, the enemy is going to come when He's going to attack more when you're actually walking in obedience to what he's called you to do, which was sacrifice, which was give up the salon. And with that sacrifice comes obedience. So you have to sac. if he asks you to sacrifice something, it's a walk of obedience, trusting and having faith that he's going to provide and move you into that way. Now, I don't know that a lot of people think about sacrifice and obedience. I don't think they think of sacrifice and love. Right. It's all intertwined and it's if you go to the Bible, it's all there. <laughs> all of those words are there and everybody had to do that at some point in their life. Sacrifice, rest, yeah. love, obedience, it was it's all in the scriptures. So right. it's nothing new. It's just new to us. And not not new but just we're growing in it. Right. And so you just um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else. I don't know where that went, but why it went that way. but you know. I think,
1: yeah, like along, along those lines, like a lot of times we, we don't tend to tell people like, we will tell them like, okay, Jesus loves you. He wants you to give your life to him and all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. so that you can go to heaven and, you know, you won't die and go to yeah. hell And that's wonderful. And that's the most important decision that anyone will ever make in their lives. But what we don't tell them and, and we say, you know, God, God is our savior, but Mm -hmm. there's a difference in God being your savior. Jesus is your savior and Lord over your Mm -hmm. life. So there Mm -hmm. is a sacrifice that has to be made in our lives over and over again god god made the ultimate sacrifice for us when he sent jesus to the to the cross for our sins but yeah. in this life we have to sacrifice our desires our our flesh yeah. and live for what god wants and so people don't really advertise that much cuz it's not so fun and and yes salvation is a free gift it doesn't yeah. it doesn't All you have to do is ask for it and it is, and all you have to do is receive it. Mm -hmm. After that, if you want God to truly lead you in your life, there must be sacrifices that are made. You will have to sacrifice something, whether Mm -hmm. it be the people you hang out with, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the obvious things like drugs or alcohol or other addictions that you may have that are not good for you, um, But the cool thing is, is about that. When you give your life to God, he will change your desires for those things. So Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you're never going to ever want alcohol again, but Mm -hmm. he can change your mind on it, your mindset. He can completely show you how he views it. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not going to go into the whole thing about alcohol, whether it's bad or not. I know different people have different convictions on that. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but yes, there is a difference in having Jesus be your savior and your Lord. And so I think that what I'm doing, what I did in, in sacrificing my salon is not, I'm not an anomaly. I'm not like the people who fully give their life to Christ do this kind of stuff all the time. It's, it's something that is continual throughout our lives because Mm -hmm. we are saying that whatever God has for me is better than what I had planned for me. Mm -hmm. My dream, it was great. And God allowed me to live it out for a few years. And I'm so grateful for that. And he used it as a doorway to Mm -hmm. show me. And I mean, I can't tell you, like, I am an introvert and I used to not like speaking in front of people. I didn't even like to speak one-on-one to people. I couldn't introduce myself. I was so scared. Becoming Mm -hmm. a hairstylist, God used that to get me out of my shell Mm -hmm. and to completely transform who I am. I'm I'm still introverted. I still get drained from Mm -hmm. a lot of noise and and a lot of people and stuff like that. But to be able to walk up to someone that I don't know and say hello – is not Mm -hmm. as difficult as it used to be. Um, So God even used what my dream was for his Mm -hmm. glory for a period of time. And then he said, okay, it's time to lay your kingdom down (laughs) and, and, and go after mine. And um, like I said, it's hard because like I said, this, the, the culture and everybody's like hustle and grind and everybody wants to be you know, their, their own boss and own their own business. And they want to be an entrepreneur, like all these words that are buzzwords. Now everybody Mm -hmm. wants to be that. And that in the world's eyes is success. Mm -hmm. And so for me to give away a, a successful business and just say, I'm closing the doors, you know, people probably thought, Oh, well maybe she couldn't make ends meet. Maybe You know, it just got too expensive or COVID or or whatever kind of excuses they wanted to make, but there was none of that. It Mm -hmm. was completely a willing sacrifice. And God told me, listen, if you don't give it up, you can keep it. You can keep your Mm -hmm. kingdom. You can keep your salon, but I have something better. And, and he wasn't going to like, he didn't tell me if you keep it, I'm going to remove my hand from you. He would Mm -hmm. have still used me in that capacity. But it was a choice that I had to make. We still have free will. Mm -hmm. Whether or not to choose. Even after we're saved. Even after we've given our life to Christ. It's still a choice that we have to make every day. Whether or not we're going to obey. At all cost. Whether Mm -hmm. it cost us our business. It cost us our home. It cost us our nice cars. It cost us friendships or even family members. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think people who are willing to do that type of thing and walk away from things. You know, there are people in other countries who know that if they are going to say yes to Jesus, that their whole family will disown them. Yeah. And they still make that choice to do that in the Mm U S we are so blessed that we are not at that point where, you know, it's not criminal to, to be a Christian or to profess Jesus or any of that. And I pray that we never are, but mm-hmm. there, it, it is that way in other countries, people are killed for mm-hmm. their faith. And those are the people that <laughs> like the disciples that followed Jesus, they were all martyred. Yep. They gave up everything. Jesus mm-hmm. didn't say, okay, go get all your things in order. No, he just, he went to them where they were at in their job, in their whatever. And he says, follow me. Yep. And they got up and they followed him. They didn't ask questions. They, you know, like I was mentioning earlier with Elisha, he burned Mm. his plow. He made that sacrifice. He Mm. tore down his, his altar, you know, Mm. and, Mm. and gave it to Jesus and said, my life is yours. Yeah. Do whatever you want with it. And so, um, it's always hard for me when when people will hear my story and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. You're so amazing. I could never do that. And it's just like, you don't know unless God asks you to do it whether or not you will. Yeah. And it's not always a quick and easy, yes, yes, God, I will. <laughs> I struggled yeah. with it. I wrestled with it. I'm like, are you sure, God? Is this are you really asking me to do this?
0: Yeah.
1: This doesn't make any sense. And of course, I mean, practically i i had to look at the financial side of things because my income was helping
0: mm-hmm.
1: us, us live a, a nice life and um you know at the time my husband had just started his own business we weren't even open but a few months and mm-hmm. december of last year he wasn't getting any phone calls No income was coming in from him. So we were completely reliant on my part-time income at the salon, which by the way, was not enough to support our family, but by the grace of God, we survived. Um, And so you have to look at things practically and be like, God, this doesn't make sense. We Mm -hmm. are literally living off of my income right now, but you're telling me that in six months I'm giving this up and I'm not going to have it anymore. And you're still going to provide like that's, it's crazy to think about. And it doesn't make logical sense to us sometimes, but Mm -hmm. that's where your faith comes in. And you've got to, you got to walk by faith. You can't just talk about having faith and then never do anything that requires faith, (laughs) Mm -hmm. faith and sacrifice go hand in hand and you can't separate one from the other. You have to Mm -hmm. give up something.
0: No. Yeah. Well, and yeah, so I'm going to, we're going to close out here soon in a minute, but I want to ask you if there is anything there's any, okay. So say somebody is questioning if they should sacrifice something or or something and you've get, you've given a lot of things. What would be a couple of things, steps to do to, to get some clarity to some, some vision, um, steps that you did that may have helped may help somebody else, some things that you think that God would want that maybe they're, they're missing or that they're like, I'm, I'm lost, but I feel like I'm supposed to do something. What, what, what would I do? So
1: the one thing that I always ask for, um, with God, anytime I hear something that I feel like God, God's telling me to do this. I always ask for confirmation and I mm-hmm. always ask for three confirmations. Mm-hmm. And so God is always faithful to give me those three confirmations. Some of them are very subtle and some mm-hmm. of them are very strong. Like I mentioned the, the sermon that I heard that mm-hmm. wasn't just, that wasn't the only confirmation that I got. Like I said, I, I mentioned the other people telling mm-hmm. me about my future and, and kind of prophesying into my future, something that God had already planted in my heart years before. Um, mm-hmm. But God will confirm things for you. And I don't, I think some people, they, they, they think that asking for confirmation or clarity or something is, is wrong, mm-hmm. but it's not like, I think God, God, loves that we are so concerned that we are like, God, I don't want to do this without you. I don't want to move in the wrong direction without you. So I need you to make it clear. He knows that we have such a small view of things and how they're Mm going to work out and everything. And so he knows that he knows everything. He knows the future and he's like, I got it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we just need a little bit. You know, (laughs) and then there are times where people kind of take it the other way. And they're like, well, you know, I don't know how this is going to work out, so I'm not going to do it. Like that doesn't require faith, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So there is, there's such a fine line there between being obedient, Mm -hmm. like you're like, okay, I feel like God told me to do this. And you just run gung ho. And then you're like, wait a minute, maybe that wasn't what I was supposed to do. And like I said, I'm that, I'm that person. I go gung ho and I can make mistakes if I go too quickly. But that's the thing, like Satan, the enemy will rush you into things. God is never in a hurry. Mm-hmm. He is very methodical and has purpose for every season, even a season of rest where you feel like nothing's happening. He is mm-hmm. very purposeful and, and patient with us. And so also don't ever think that, If you try something, you feel like, okay, I think this is what God's telling me to do. And you go for it and it doesn't work. Don't think that that means that God didn't tell you to do that. He can use that situation as a learning tool for you. Mm -hmm. And it can be a way of guiding you through the process. Not everything is just this straight road with no bumps in it. Like sometimes you're climbing up the hill the entire way and it's hard and you want to give up sometimes because you're tired and you just feel like every time you take two steps forward, you end up two steps. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: God uses every single bit of that. And I think he will honor our obedience, even if we don't have the full picture of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So don't let that hinder you, but you still should, I I believe ask for confirmation and God will give it to you and write them down. you might have this weird notebook that has random things written down like, oh, I saw an anchor today. So mm-hmm. that must mean, you know, like whatever yeah. God's telling you, you, just write it down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much power in writing things down, getting them out of your head, mm-hmm. um, speaking them, writing them, all the different things. Sometimes you just you need to encourage yourself and you need mm-hmm. to write it down so that you can read it and write it and all those things. Yeah, And. Just stay in his presence at Mm -hmm. all times and don't let yourself get in. And and I've done this. I'm speaking from experience where I feel like nothing's really happening. So I just kind of get lazy Mm -hmm. with taking time to spend with God every day Mm -hmm. and don't do that. (laughs) Like I said, from experience, I know it only ends, it only ends up hurting you Mm -hmm. and making you stay in the wilderness longer because you're not going to get what you need out of the wilderness time if you're not spending the time with God. So that would be kind of my two things is, is don't be afraid to ask for confirmation and, Mm -hmm. and stay close to God. He knows how to speak to you. He knows whether it's through a sermon that you listen to a scripture that you read, whether it's through him speaking it into your spirit or through another Mm -hmm. person Or Mm -hmm. like nothing is coincidence. He knows how to speak to you and he will get it to you. So, and it's not always immediate. It's not always all in the same day or even the same week. But if you're consistently looking and listening for his voice, Mm
0: -hmm. he will
1: show you the way.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really good that you mentioned that he'll speak to you in the way that you can Hear it and see it and listen to it because each of us are different, right? Um, and you know, I even pray that over my children that God would reveal Himself to them in the way that they can read that He can reach them in, in their ways, not right. my way, because my ways aren't their ways. They, they could have similarities, we all have, could have some similarities, but I like that you mentioned in the way that he can. So even in your prayer time, say, God, okay, show me, give me whatever the way that I can get it, the way I can perceive it. And I like the, the fact that you said, write it down. Cause that's so important because maybe later down the line, you write it down and you don't know what it is, but the Holy spirit will bring it back to remembering. Right. For sure. So those are, those are really good. Um, okay. So, any last things like a charge to the audience? I know this is a lot. I mean, we've been going for a long time and I'm just so thankful that right now the recording is staying and I'm praying even in the spirit at this point and Ben been doing it, that it stays and that I can finish and complete it. And then I can send it on to you and you can send it, um, to whoever, um, but I, I want to just ask you if there's anything else charged to the to the audience, encouragement to the audience, something that the spirit's laying on your heart right now as we end, as we close um, anything, anything last that you'd like to share with them about sacrifice, love, obedience, you know, whatever it is.
1: Um, yeah, I think the main thing that I want to leave everybody with is just that God loves you. And it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter what you did this morning or last night or however recently you've done it. That he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And you don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to clean yourself up and get yourself better before coming to Christ. Like he is always there and ready to receive you. He did it in, in the Bible. He never... Like he would go, Jesus would go and, and spend time with people who were outcasts in the community, tax collectors, prostitutes, all these people. And the religious people would clutch their pearls and be like, mm-hmm. why is he having dinner with these people? And um, I pray that religious people, I know that they have in the past, even Christians have done such a terrible job at representing christ and myself included we we all fall short of of representing christ well and Mm -hmm. i pray that they haven't wounded you to the point where you've completely given up on god Mm -hmm. but it's people that have let you down not god and recognize that and know that maybe you had a bad example but just take it as that it was a bad example God loves you regardless. There's nothing that you need to do beforehand. He will help you clean up your mess when mm-hmm. you surrender your life to him. And yes, it will take sacrifice on your part, but he will make it, not make it easy, but he will be there for you, which makes everything easier. Because <laughs> if you try to do anything in your own strength, you're going to fail miserably. Um, but yeah, so just just know that you are loved um beyond your comprehension, wherever mm-hmm. you're at in life. Maybe you don't feel like you're loved by people in your family that you feel like should love you. You should be able to expect from them that they would love you. Um, and again, people fall short, but God never does. He will never let you down and he loves you and all you have to do is pray and just ask him to be with you and to be your Lord and your savior in your life. Mm -hmm. And he will flip your life upside down and it will be unrecognizable to you.
0: (laughs) So that's all I have. All right. Well, and all of this was really, really good, Aaron. So um, I know that you have your devotion, you have an Etsy account. Can you direct people to where to find you, where to look you up, all of that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, so I have my Instagram and Facebook page. is called Untamed and Unbound. Um, I have links for all like my, my Etsy store and different things in, in those places. But if you ever want to go back and look or listen to my little Bible study thing that I did several months ago, it's all about um, your identity in Christ. And mm-hmm. so I think I have like five or six different messages on there you can go back and listen to. And maybe soon I will be adding to that. I don't know. I'm kind of waiting for God to tell me when, but um, you can find that on my Facebook page and
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, great. Well, I'm going to end in prayer and then I will let you go. And like I said, if, if you guys want to reach out to her, you know where to get, find her. Um, she she has great resources um, so you have some t-shirts um she does jewelry. She does a lot of different things. So she's very creative, like she said, so reach out to her, um, check her stuff out and I'm going to pray. And then I just want to thank you, Aaron, for this time, um, to share your story and the beauty of the story. And it's not creating and working through it all. And I'm just so thankful that I get to be listening to it all. So, <laughs> well, thanks, thanks for, for having me. Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you tonight, today, this afternoon, and just thank you for this time. Thank you for this presence. Thank you, Spirit, for all of you being here in, in this time. And dear Lord, just, I just ask that whoever you call upon um, listening to this message, that somehow, some way, that you're is heard through Aaron's speaking and that you can penetrate their hearts in only a way that you can get to them, dear Lord. Help them to learn and to grow from this message that you've um, built inside, um, Aaron, that you have um, just walked her through, dear Lord, that you've been a part of it the whole time. Um, this is not the end of the story. This is just the middle, beginning, end, whatever. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for no distractions. Thank you for stopping. And I'm just proclaiming and um, professing that you're going to, um, once this podcast is over, that it's going to stop and it's going to record and it's going to go out um, and be able to minister to some people that need to hear about your love and how you um, graciously love us. Thank you. And I um, just am in awe of your love and your presence in this moment even when we're in technology where I felt your presence here at this at my office and even with Aaron. so thank you for this time thank you for allowing us to do this in Jesus precious name amen amen all right have a great one all right you too bye